0: Uh, we have been uh, looking, and we're going to look one more week next Sunday. Uh, we will uh, look at this subject of, of being blessed. And, uh, and uh, I've actually w- was a bit hesitant to move in this direction when the Lord laid this teaching on my heart because uh, we are dealing with um, our Western mindset of what it means to be blessed. And our, our mindset of blessing is so narrow that I hope that if, if you've received anything in these weeks of teaching, you've, you've received a broadening of understanding of what it means to be blessed. And so we'll kind of summarize that a little bit next week and, and uh, finish that up. But I want to take you uh, uh, this week uh, through a, a couple more things that the Lord has laid on my heart. So let's read Proverbs 10 and 22 again. And we've read this each week. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. I won't editorialize that anymore I have uh, for several weeks now, but the le- blessing of the Lord makes one uh rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. Now, let me read uh the the passage that we were in last week. I want to uh, make comparison uh for you between last week's verse in Jeremiah chapter 17 and verse 7. Let me read that to you. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its root by the river and will not fear when the heat comes. But its leaf will be green. He will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will he cease from yielding his fruit. So that's the the verse that we talked about last week. Now I want us to look uh, in uh, the the next verse. One more slide for me. Psalm uh, chapter 1, verse 1 through 4. And this is where we will concentrate our conversation this week. Blessed is the man. How many understand that uh, God is trying to convince you of something? He's already said blessed is the man a minute ago, and now he's saying blessed is the man again. And we talked a a couple of weeks ago. Let me just hang right here for a second. We talked a couple of weeks ago about the fact that just like God said, let there be light and there was light, when God spoke blessing over mankind, he said, you are blessed and he expressed that blessing and just like light appeared when god said let there be light blessing came into existence and came available to you when he said you are blessed so it becomes your responsibility and my responsibility to position ourselves to receive out of the blessing of the lord that is available for us god is not god is not speaking new blessing Just like he's no longer saying, when the sun comes up in the morning, God is not saying, let there be light. So God isn't looking at you as a believer and saying, oh, be blessed. He's already said that. He's already created that environment of blessing. So just like you can say to an individual who receives Jesus by faith and the scripture says I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus you are no more righteous today than you will ever be. Because you are righteous because of his righteousness. So tomorrow there's no more blessing available to you than there is today. Because God has said to those who love him blessed is the man or woman. That's not a gender-specific statement. So, let's read this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law or precepts, does he meditate day and night? Listen to this. We hear God repeating himself here. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His leaf will not wither and whatever he does will prosper and for the ungodly, it is not so. Thank you. One more there. So listen to this. Blessed is a man. And the scripture begins to tell us some things that need not be a part of who we are in order for us to position ourselves under the blessing of the Lord. Now we've talked a great deal in the last many weeks about the things we need to do and the attitudes that we need to have to be blessed. And then the scripture begins to tell us there's some things that will rob you of your blessing. And I think we ought to consider those things if we're going to really be blessed, right? So blessed is a man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. I begin to ask the Lord as I begin to contemplate this, how do you live in the world that we live in and, and, and not tune your ear to the counsel of the ungodly? Because the world's full of great many counselors and great people of great wisdom so far as the world's wisdom is concerned. but he says here blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly that that does not become the order of his steps that he does not seek after this world's wisdom in order to live in a place of blessing the bible says don't lean to your own understanding So the Bible te- is teaching us as believers that, that we don't go to the world's system for our wisdom. You, you don't go to the world's system to understand finances. You don't go to the world system to understand what do you do in crisis. We're not leaning on the world system to decide how we should function in these days in which we are living. We are not living out of the counsel of the ungodly. I'm going to understand, I don't want to belabor this, the airways are just full today of an effort to produce fear in the hearts of people. I want to challenge you. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Today, the day that we are living in, is a good day to understand that, yes, we, we listen to what is being said and we give consideration to, what, to the things that are being said and then we take them before the Father and we say, okay, Daddy, what do you want me to do? Okay, Father, this is is what they're telling us. Now, what do you want me to do? I want to challenge you that when you go to the doctor and the doctor gives you a a report that you didn't expect and that report comes across your ears, that the first place you go with that report is you lay that in front of the Father and you say, All right, I've received the counsel from someone who does not know you. Now, I want to know what you tell me in this moment. What are you saying to do in this moment? sink in vitally important that you learn to be to be to live in a place of god's blessing that at the crossroads of your life and at the challenge points of your life that the first place you go with the information that you receive is to the feet of the father and you lay that information before him and you say i want to know what you say i should do in this moment some of the most fearful times of my life, whenever challenges came and whenever difficulties arose, I uh, remember specifically those junctures in which in the the moment I had the moment of fear, the moment of anguish, the moment of what am I going to do now in this trial, in this situation, and then I know what it means to go to the feet of the Father and have Him say, sometimes He just says, all is well. Sometimes He says, I've got this. I've got this. Listen, when, when you've got challenges before you and deadlines before you and things in front of you that you do not know what to do with and the Lord only says, I've got this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not lean to your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. When the Lord says, I've got this, I want to assure you he's got this. But then there have been many times in my life where the Lord says, I want you to do this, and now I want you to do this, and I want you to do this. There have been times where we've walked through circumstances where we felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, now do this. In fact, through this last year, there have been moments where it was just the word of the Holy Spirit. Don't panic, just take this step, and this step, and this step. That's how God wants to lead you. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. But he didn't stop there. He goes on with the next statement, nor stands in the way or in the path or in in the footstep in agreement with, nor stands in the way of sinners. What he means is he does not live his life according to the precepts of people who do not know him. I continually remind you as a people, don't be surprised when, when the people around you who do not know God live like they do not know God. But don't position yourself to live with them as though you do not know God. There's one, this wonderful thing about knowing God, we live differently. One of the greatest uh, most difficult moments of my life. Uh, we we were when we were children. Uh, this young girl in in our uh, youth group was killed in a car accident. My brother happened to be driving the car. It was a moment of crisis, terrible crisis. And the word came to the church on a Sunday evening in a Sunday evening service that this accident had taken place, and they had taken uh, the the. Individuals that were in that car to the hospital, the whole church, they canceled the service and the entire church went to the hospital. I mean, it was just a mass exodus to the hospital. In that hospital emergency, that night, there had been two car accidents in which two teenagers had lost their life. Two separate, completely separate events. I feel led to li- to share this with you this morning. I remember as a young man watching those events unfold. They had two waiting rooms in that hospital and in one waiting room was the family of this young man that had died in a car accident and uh, and They were screaming and yelling and cursing and swearing and and pleading and trying to get uh, that hospital to explain to them what had happened to their child. And there was this unrest and there was this torment. I could feel the spirit of that torment. And then in that other room where that young girl in our youth group had died, there was this sense of peace and waiting on God. No one was screaming. No one was yelling. No one was tormenting the doctors. And the doctors and nurses that were working in that emergency room that day actually made verbal acknowledgement of the difference between the two spirits that they were encountering. It was the same crisis for everybody. But the Holy Spirit was present in a room where comfort came in the midst of crisis and a peace overwhelmed the people who were following God. Don't stand in the way of sinners. Don't live in a way that people who do not know God live when you know God. You will bring torment to your life when you live your life in a way that the people who do not know God decide to live. You will bring peace and blessing to your life when you decide to live as a believer in the midst of crisis. Listen, you can live as a man and woman of faith in the midst of your greatest crisis. You can stand in peace even in the midst of crisis. So, he says, blessed is the man who does not receive counsel from the ungodly. Blessed is the man who does not stand in the way of sinners or live his life as as he is, as a person who does not know God is really what that's saying. Nor sits in the seat of the scornful. I have to unpack this for a second. How many of y'all have ever met, met a Christian who's cynical? Please don't be an unhappy believer. I just want to challenge you as, as, as a people of God. I believe that in these days, God has been calling us to a new place of maturity. And one of those uh, places of maturity is that followers of God always hope in him. Can I say that again? Followers of God always hope in the Lord. Some of the saddest, I think, in the, in the media and in the life that we live, in the in the culture that we live, the churches, the church—I'm I, I, going to qualify that statement. I don't mean his church. I mean people who go to church, because there are a lot of people who go to church because it's what they do, not because they have a relationship with God. And there's a poor representation of the kingdom. In environments like that, oh, I'm just meddling, aren't I? Let's not be cynical believers. Let's be followers of God from the heart with an attitude that God is ordering our steps right now in in the political environment of this country. It is your perfect opportunity to be a believer and to live like a believer, and to hope in the Lord, when everything seems to be going differently than perhaps you hoped that it would. You can either bring a tongue that is full of hope, knowing that God, at the end of the day, His purposes will prevail, Or you can be a a person who gets under a cloud of unbelief and lives like the children of Israel lived as they came out of Egypt and went into the promised land and you can wander around in unbelief for 40 years. Or four years or... I'm just going to let that sink in. The word tells us that the children of Israel that they frustrated God... Because of their unbelief, they became cynical followers of God. You brought us out here to die. You brought us out here to abandon us. I wish we had the leeks and onions of Egypt. I wish we would have just stayed there. It was better to get whipped and and make bricks than it is to do what we're doing now out here looking for water. They became cynical believers. They sat in the seat of the scornful. And the word says that they frustrated God. Oh, this is uplifting. Because you are not, it shall not be, I'm declaring it will not be so with you. In an environment when things unfold and they don't look like you thought they were supposed to look and they don't sound like you thought they were supposed to sound and they don't uh, come together the way you thought they were supposed to come together, let me challenge you not to become a scornful believer. You can't, you can't receive blessing in the seat of scornfulness. Now, let's get on from there. we spent enough time there. Because the scripture tells us what to do. It doesn't just tell us what not to do. It tells us what to do. It said, he delights himself in the law of God. He delights himself in the precepts of God. He delights, what's that saying to you? That you and I delight ourselves in the ways of the Lord. You know what that means? Brothers and sisters, his ways become our ways. His thoughts become our thoughts. There's only one way for... I'm going to tell you right now. Holy Spirit, help me. There's only one way for God's thoughts to become your thoughts. And that's for this to get in you. Get this in you. And the Holy Spirit. Mix this with faith. See, that's what happened in the... In the children of Israel and their trek through the desert. The Bible said they heard God's word, but his word was not mixed with faith in them. And so the letter of his word became death to them instead of life to them because the letter kills, but it's a spirit that gives life. And so they could not mix what God was saying to them with faith. He was saying, I'm going to lead you into a promised land. I'm going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. I'm going to fill you with blessing. I'm going to give you an inheritance. And they could not mix those words with faith. So I challenge you this morning that God is saying to you, I'm taking you into my promise. I'm giving you a place of promise. I'm making you a people of promise. I'm filling you with my spirit. I'm filling you with my presence. I'm bringing you into good things. Can you mix that blessing with faith in your heart? Or are you just going to look around you and go, "Well, everything looks today like it did yesterday." The Bible says there will be a people in the last days who will just say, oh, all things are as they always were. It is tempting. But the way that you correct that is you delight yourself in the precepts of God. You delight yourself in the truths of his word. You delight yourself in the promises of God. And, you, and in them, the Bible says, it, this word says, in them you meditate day and night. Well, How do I meditate in my sleep time on what God has said? Some of y'all need to take up the practice of the last thing you do at night is read the promises of God so that that's what is going into your sleep time. Some of y'all wake up in the middle of the night and you just pace the floor because you're full of worry. Why don't you just pace right over to your Bible? Why don't you just open up the Word of God? Rehearse again the promises of God. You don't even have to wait to get your Bible. You, you can go to the books, Bible bookstore and you can buy a book that's just full of promises. There are many folks who've just published these are the promises of god get up in the middle of the night and read his promises read his word over you read what he said over you he delights in the precepts of the lord and meditates on them day and night And then he goes on and God repeats himself. And I'm going to repeat myself to you just as I did last week because God repeated himself to you today just as he did last week. He will be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. His root will go down deep. His leaf will not wither. And whatever he does will prosper. How many of y'all could say to me right now, just as honestly, please don't, you don't have to raise your hand. I'm, this is not rhetorical. I don't want it to be rhetorical in your mind, but I don't want you to feel like you got to go like this either. But everything you're touching is prospering. Everything you're doing is prospering. Do we not have a ways to go? in our walk with God, to move us from, God wants to move you from where you are to the point that what you touch is prospering. You're quiet. You're moving your hands into the lives of your children and your grandchildren so that what you're touching is prospering. Oh, wait a minute, that wasn't what you were thinking at all, was it? Moving your hand in the life of your neighbor so that what you're touching is prospering. Moving your hand in the life of your employer so that what you're touching is prospering. I want you to think differently about what it means to prosper and to be blessed in God. It's time for you as believers to move your hands into some situations that have not been prospering so that when you move into those situations, you bring the prosperity of God into that. You bring the blessing of God into that moment. You bring the blessing of God into that reality. You should be able to change environments because the blessing of God is with you. So whatever you do, prosper. Stand together this morning. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask the Lord for something. I want that statement right there where God has repeated himself two weeks in a row to us now. You will be like a tree that is planted by the water. The roots will go down deep. His leaf will not wither and everything he does will prosper. Lord, I I declare that over the lives of your people, that it would become a part of their thinking, that it would become a desired environment for their life, for their household, for their family, for their workplace, that it would become the desire of their heart to be positioned in you so that whatever they touch will prosper Lord would you let it be so would you let this word that you've delivered to us the last many weeks take root in us now for there is a season ahead of us where we need the fruit of this moment in our life Days that are ahead of us need the fruit of this moment in us. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. I bless your people. They would receive the fullness of your word. Come to the place of maturity. And be fully blessed to be a blessing, we pray in the name of Jesus.